us what it's all about. Giving praise and glory to the Lord and worshiping Him. And that's what this weekend and this day is all about. Celebrating our God who is honored and exalted and the things that He's done in our church over the last year and anticipating what He's going to do in the coming year. Uh, This is what we call LAP Weekend, Leadership Appreciation and Preparation Weekend. During this weekend, we celebrate um, our leaders. We also uh, talk about what God has been doing in our church and what he's going to be doing through the State of the Church Address. And so this morning, uh, I wanted to share with you some uh, awards that are coming out of the leadership banquet on Friday night. Uh, Each year, we allow those leaders who are present at the uh, banquet to nominate, vote for a number of different people uh, to achieve a certain number of awards. And those are the Servant Leadership Award, and that award is for the person who embodies servant leadership in our church. They give selfishly, often go unnoticed. It's a little bit hard to, to nominate people for that one sometimes because you don't know that they serve because they're so servant-hearted, and they're always behind the scenes. They're not up front much. Then there's the Visionary Leader Award. That's a person who can already see today where our church will be in the future, and he or she encourages the church to reach toward that vision uh, in every area of service. There's also the Above the Beyond the Call Award, and that's for the person who's always going above and beyond the call of duty. Sometimes we might wonder what we'd do without them. Then we have the people who work in preschool and children and youth all vote for someone to receive those awards. Uh, It's always interesting to me as we tally uh, all the votes together to see how many people are nominated. And to me, that says that we have a lot of people who are fulfilling these kind of dreams and have this kind of heart about our church. For instance, the Servant Leader Award. We had 27 people nominated. Visionary Leader, 22 people. Above and Beyond, 23. Uh, Preschool Ministries, 7. Children's Ministries, 9. And Youth Ministries, 4. And I was encouraged again that there's everybody from longtime members to brand new members nominated in these areas. Uh, And one thing that I noticed is as we look through the ballots, uh, we may need to have another category of most frequently mentioned. Uh, because there are some people who were just voted for in every category. And I thought, you know, that might be interesting to look at. But the comments that I will read as we give these awards were given by the people at the banquet. This is what they wrote down on why they were nominating and voting for this person. So we'll begin with the Servant Leader Award. The 2013 Servant Leader Award will go to Mr. Gary McKay. Is Gary back there today? There he is. Come on up, Gary. As I call your name, go ahead and come up. Uh, Gary's being given the Servant Leader Award for his leadership in being chief cook but never bottle washer. (laughs) For heading up our Wednesday night meals and community Thanksgiving meal. For serving as Sunday school department director for many years. For never complaining about his service duties. For giving of himself and heart without desire for recognition. Servant Leader Gary McKay. Thank you, Gary, for your service. We also have this morning the Above and Beyond the Call Award. That award this year for 2013 is going to Mr. Jimmy Williamson. Jimmy is getting this award for giving unselfishly of his time, for being involved in any and all activities involving working and never refusing for serving senior adults in our church, for always helping wherever there's a need, for being available for numerous repair and construction projects, for faithful visitation to several homebound members, and for just doing a lot. So, Jimmy, thank you for your service. (laughs) 
this year, in, for our Visionary Leader Award, we actually had a tie. And this is the first time this has happened at this church. I had it at my previous church, but I, I don't break ties when it comes to, to these things, especially this year, because the Visionary Leader Award this year is going to Terry Spruill and Kathy Holloway. So if you all would come down. Terry was uh, nominated and elected for guiding our long-range planning committee, for caring enough about our church to dream about the future, for desiring God's very best for our church, and for seeing today what could be tomorrow. And Mom was nominated and elected for her courage and dedication in leading our new Upward program, for seeing a ministry before it ever was, for getting our entire church excited about a new ministry, for involving so many children, and for bringing new beginnings to us. So the visionary leaders, Terry Spruill and Kathy Holloway. Our preschool ministries award this year is given to Miss Brenda Mills. Now, is Brenda in here or is she back working? There she is. Come on up, Brenda. Brenda, anybody who has served in an extended session or has a child in the preschool knows how valuable Brenda is. She's given this award for her love for our preschool children, for her tirelessness of efforts, for her diligence in getting it all done in our extended session ministry, for patience in rearranging volunteers for preschool, and for willingness to step in and miss worship when a volunteer can't make it. And she does that a lot. And so, Brenda Mills, thank you for being our preschool ministries leader this year. Our Children's Ministry Award for 2013 goes to Vicki Blakewood. Uh, Vicki? Vicki, I don't see Vicki, but she uh, is getting this award for stepping in with whatever's needed, for leading our GAs with passion, for reaching out to all children and planning outside activities, for always smiling and lifting up others, and for willingness to step forward to volunteer. Our 2013 Youth Ministries Award is going to Art Rainwater this year. Is Art up in the balcony? Art, go ahead and make your way down. Art's in his normal spot in the crow's nest, but Art is receiving this award for really caring about our youth and their spiritual growth, for being a great motivator to all of our youth workers and youth, for providing a godly influence for our guys and always thinking of ways to make the youth department fun, for connecting with the youth and being able to communicate with them, and for starting a fire within our boys. I really like that statement. So, Art, come on up here. The Youth Ministries Award for 2013, Art Rainwater. Let's give him another hand. We're so grateful for everyone who serves. And and as I looked out at the leadership banquet the other night, um, you know, 130 people or so there, fellowship hall's full, we're talking to them. And it struck me that, that that's not near everybody who's serving in some capacity. And it's a reminder to us all that it takes a lot of people to carry out the work of God through a church. And so for everyone who serves in any way, thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep up the good work because it's because of what you do that our church is where we are today. So give yourselves a hand. And as you're doing, you're thanking the Lord that you're able to serve as well. Amen. As you know, this month we've been encouraging you to uh, pray about how you can be involved in some mission efforts that are coming up in 2013. And Ms. Beverly O'Regan is going to come now and walk you through the last uh, few months of activities that are available. And then during the message today, as we move into the invitation, I'll be challenging you to sign up for some of those mission opportunities. Ms. Beverly.
Thank you, Pastor. And as he mentioned, Upward Basketball. And I thought, what a wonderful program. And I just hope that you're praying every day for that. And certainly Marilyn and Joe Black had prepared a list of specific things to pray for and also for your particular person. And so I hope that you're praying for that because this is a wonderful opportunity because we're reaching families that are not in anybody's church. And so we hope and pray that you're remembering that. And then another thing that's coming up this Saturday in our church is a women's conference, which is Kaleidoscope. And this is a wonderful opportunity to see missions around the world. And then, of course, right away is Annie Armstrong Easter offering. I hope that you realize that our nation is critical right now in the need of people to tell the story of Jesus And this is an opportunity that you will be having to pray and to give for this particular offering so that others beside yourself, because we want you to give and to pray, but also to tell the story of Jesus. And so remember that that's coming up in April. And then, of course, the disciple now during that time, the youth are going to have a block party. And I thought, what a fun thing to do. And, of course, they will be preparing for the, the Main Street Mission is having a revival. And so they're going to be participating in that, but they're going to have a block part of trying to invite those youth, helping those youth to realize that they want them to come and hear God's word. And so we want to pray for that, for Disciple Now and for the youth that will be participating in that. And then we also know that there's also, we need to be praying for our state as well as our national leaders and our, especially our state leaders as they go about their work and work that involves us. And then you all, you know it, it's going to be Easter before you know it. We just had Christmas, but it's going to be Easter. And so this is also such a special time to bring friends and relatives, but especially friends that don't go to anybody's church to come and hear the the Easter music, but also hear our pastor as he preaches. And so what a wonderful opportunity. And then, of course, that Guatemala trip that's coming up real soon. And so we want you to be praying for that. And perhaps we know many of you will be going. And so pray for them and pray that God will use that in a wonderful way. So many, many more opportunities, but that's just these for right in a few weeks. Thank you. Stand this morning as we continue to worship through song. Brethren, we have met to worship.
Jesus for helping us each day of our lives. Lord, we look to you this morning and we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your strength in times of weakness. Lord, no matter what we may be going through right now, Lord, you're with us and we thank you for that. Lord, we continue to declare our love for you this morning as we sing. Lord, let nothing stand in the way of that. Help us, God, to give you our all as we continue to sing and worship you, declaring, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, my King. I love you, Lord, and I
Let us pray. Father, we come to you this morning just thanking you for all the wonderful blessings you have given us, Father. Oh, Father, for this pastor and his staff that you have called and sent to this house. Dear Father, this morning I want to just thank you for this the love here with this church family, Father. And there are so many in our families and in this church family, Father, that are sick and suffering this morning. You know who they are, Father, and I just lift them up to you. Father, I just pray that you touch them, you surround them with your love, your comfort, Father. Be with the physicians that are tending to them, Father, and be with their family members that are watching over them. Oh, Father, this morning I, I have to just lift up the fighting men and women that are protecting this country. Father, they're scattered all over the world. They're making sacrifices, being away from their families, Father. And I just pray that you watch over them. Oh, Father, just protect them. Love on them. And be with their families back home, Father. Without them, we would not be able to worship here this morning. Now, Father, I pray that you just prepare our hearts for the message that you have given to Brother Stewart as he passes it on to us. And, Father, I just pray that our hearts and minds will receive this word that you're sending this morning and that we live by it. Oh, Father, now everything that we have, you have provided. And, Father, it's time that now we can give a portion back to you. Oh, Father, these things I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.
power of God, for sure, today as we celebrate what God has done in our church. And I must compliment you, church. It's wonderful to stand here and to hear the, co- the choir coming in this year and the congregation coming in this year. And dear, and I love you, Lord. It was just fantastic. I had to stop singing to listen to the sound of worship in this place. And this is a building built for preaching and it's built for worship. And it is a wonderful facility in which to do both. Uh, This week's message is a little bit different than usual. Uh, We typically, as you know, take a passage of scripture or a biblical concept and a scripture that goes with that concept and we exposit that text and we share some applications and that's what the primary diet of preaching in the church should be. It should be the consistent exposition of scripture. And in fact, next week we'll begin a new uh, five-part series on the book of Acts called Snapshots of the Church. And I've intentionally planned that message series to follow on the heels of the Join the Movement series as we've marched through uh, God's movement from the beginning of time all the way through the church and then really look at what the church was really like in the first century. And we can be motivated to serve uh, him as that kind of church today. But today we're going to have a little bit different message. There are those times when a pastor needs to take a day or two and do something a little different for a particular purpose, and and that's what we're going to do today. But it fits in with the Join the Movement series and prepares us for the snapshots of the church series to start next week. As the visionary leader of the church, the pastor needs to be able to cast the vision to remind of the vision and encourage the vision of the church. And so each year um, we take a Sunday, because it's best to do that when everybody's kind of in one gathering, to do what we call the State of the Church Address, where I look back at where we've been in the previous year or years and look forward to what we can expect God will do in the coming year in our church. And this is now my fourth State of the Church Address with you. And Because we've experienced four and a half years of consistent growth, it's pretty exciting to be able to look back and see where God has brought us from and then to anticipate where he's going. The growth over the last several years has been really astounding. Uh, As I looked at some of these figures, I really thought, you know, are these preacher figures or this talking pastoral speaking or something? But this is actual take the numbers, do the math. But our budget giving from 2008 to 2012 has seen a 56% increase, about $714,000 in 2008 to 1.1 million in 2012. We've also given, we've also given above our budget the last couple of years, which has then allowed us to do other things in the church, maintenance issues, things like that. Uh, in terms of total giving, you see that we have seen a 49% increase in total giving in our church from 2008 to 2012, about 938,000 in 2008 to 1.4 million this last year. And that actually makes 2012 our highest year of total giving since 2002. And so that's really good to see that growth coming up. In terms of giving to major missions offerings, that's the one that's just astounding, a 165% increase. That's Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, Georgia Burnett, and World Hunger combined. We gave $28,800 in 2008. We gave $76,534 in 2012. That is phenomenal and should be celebrated. Because of your, yeah, go ahead and give the Lord a hand for that. Of course, because of your generous giving last year, we paid off our old debt, and the Lord is to be honored, and you're to be commended for paying that off. Uh, We paid off close to $1.2 million in four years. Uh, We had nothing new to enjoy, just old debt to pay off. 
And we paid it off anyway. And thank you for doing that. Uh, and because of the debt payoff, we were then able to start setting aside money for the three-story roof project that is now complete. We were able to increase our cooperative program giving in this year's budget. And we were able to better fund some areas in our budget for 2013. Since 2008, in terms of membership, we have welcomed 323 new members. That's a whole church. That's more than we had here in 2008. And over 90 of those were welcomed last year. Uh, 22 of those new members were by baptisms. That's more baptisms than any year since 2004. Also a good milestone to hit. Uh, We have seen more people join the church in the last four years than we did in the previous seven years. And so that's also a good thing to see. It's most exciting for me to see our new members plugged in and and engaging in ministry. In fact, uh, we wouldn't have seen a lot of the ministry development and, and expansion in our church if it hadn't been for new members coming in and plugging in almost immediately, from Sunday school teachers to music ministry to uh, <clears throat> upward basketball to, to everywhere, literally every area in the church, there are new members serving, and some of them don't even wait a week or two before they're right in the midst of everything. Uh, our average annual Sunday school attendance has seen a 62% increase since 2009. If you take the monthly average, average those together for 2009, compare with 2012, 62% increase. If we consider a comparison of just the last quarter of 2008 to the last quarter of 2012, though, it's a 78% increase in attendance. And just phenomenal to see that kind of growth happening in our church. Over the last four and a half years, as you know, we have made numerous uh, repairs to our facility and improvements. In just 2012, we did all of this. New roof to the three-story building, eight new air conditioner units, the parking lot striping and lighting on the lower parking lot. We repaired, made some repairs to the gym in preparation for upwards. New chairs in the choir room, new chairs over in the chapel. Uh, we had uh, phase two repairs to the organ. We replaced our acoustical drums in here with electronic drums. We now have campus-wide Wi-Fi. We completed our exterior signage. We um, also finished out the garage at the pink house to hopefully house some golf carts eventually to help get people around. And Mr. Dan and Richard Chasson worked to get the lights on, on the stained glass at the very front of the church fully lit for the first time since about 1980. And I'm not kidding. It's been that long. And so drive by the church some night, stop and say thank you to Dan and Richard for doing that. Um, It's good to see those repairs going. And there were other electrical, technical, and information updates that happened as well. Over the last four and a half years, we've seen rapid expansion of our ministries, especially in our offerings to children, youth, and college. Frankly, there just weren't any um, about five years ago. And so our children's mission ministries continue to grow. Uh, Probably the highlight of those children's mission ministries last year was uh, the beautiful GA and Actine recognition service that we had in May. Uh, Our preteens also this last year were able to attend camp together for the first time in a long time, uh, which allowed the boys to attend camp. Uh, This fall, we began working towards upward basketball and cheer, and you all know uh, how phenomenal that um, program is going, and I just encourage those of you who are working in that, you're halfway done. Keep pressing on. Uh, Our youth ministry continues to grow. Uh, Youth choir, youth discipleship continue developing. Uh, Our youth Sunday school is expanding. I'm very pleased, probably most pleased, at how active our students are 
in assisting ministries in our church and being a part of ministry and mission work. Whenever help is needed, our youth are right there. They are working, they are serving, and they are such a blessing. And I am so proud of the difference-making, hard-working youth that we have here at First Baptist Church Pineville because they make a big difference. We also saw in 2012 our college ministry grow. Uh, we moved the college ministry back to the pink house or, or to the pink house where they could have a consistent meeting place. They kind of met all over the place for the last several years. Uh, Terry Isles began teaching our college Sunday school class with John and Martha Clement coming alongside to provide ample breakfast every week for the college students. And um, that Sunday school class has grown. Rebecca Holloway has continued uh, leading the college Bible study on Wednesday evening and coordinating some of our fellowship opportunities. And our college students are a lifeline now for many of our ministries. Much as our youth serve, our college students are everywhere uh, in our church, serving in missions organizations, uh, child care, Sunday school, the music ministry, just all over. And we, we are very blessed to have so many college students plugged in. Our music ministry has been growing through our orchestra and adult choir, as well as the continued development of our great choir ministry. Uh, the Eastern Christmas music events, of course, were wonderful times last year when we saw at each of those some marked apparent steps forward in our music ministry. And so it's wonderful to see the growth there. Uh, one big step we did last year uh, that we didn't really anticipate at the beginning of the year was we reached out to do our partnership with First Baptist Church LeCount. And uh, that's been a new challenge to all of us as we've worked with a sister church, tried to figure out uh, how do we help a church along and uh, listening to them and helping to encourage them. Uh, we've been there, I guess, about four months now. We're hoping within the next two or three months we'll be able to wrap that up and see uh, them be able to move forward with a new pastor. Uh, likewise, in the area of missions, we took our first international mission trip in years. The trip was to Hope of Life in Guatemala, and we had a great time there. We also uh, held our first impact day where we took a Sunday and we uh, made a difference in our community. And I'll be sharing a testimony about impact day at the State Evangelism Conference tomorrow afternoon. Uh, we followed that with our Halloween outreach in several neighborhoods in Pineville and just had a great time of ministry and outreach, especially in that month of October. All in all, 2012 was a... a a great year, a strong year for our church, um, and we should give thanks to God for what he did. Uh, it had its own unique challenges, it had its own unique developments, but when you see it, what God had done, you just have to say, wow. And it also makes you say, can I take a nap now? <laughs> but it's amazing, and it's God working through us. And I think it's only appropriate that right now at this point in the message we stop and just thank God for what he did through us last year. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you today thankful and grateful for all that you did through us as your people, First Baptist Church Pineville in 2012. Lord, we thank you for the growth that you've brought us over the last four and a half years. We thank you, Lord, for the resources that you've poured into this church. We thank you for the way that you've helped us to be able to keep moving forward. Lord, we know that you do all of that not for our sake or for our glory, but only and completely for your glory. Not for any of our dreams and our desires, but only for your dreams and your desires. And so, God, we pray that you will continue to guide us. Lord, as we've prayed every year, help us to never run ahead of you. Help us to never lag behind you, but to be right where you are. We want to be where you are. We want to do what you want us to do. 
Because we want to experience the movement of you in our midst. We thank you, God, for the life transformation that's taken place over the last several years. We thank you for the foundation that's being laid in, in numbers of preschool and children and youth and college and adult lives for further spiritual growth. We thank you, God, for the many people who work day in and day out to make sure that all of our ministries run successfully, to make sure that there's someone to take care of the little ones or someone to help a senior adult cross the street or help someone to prepare that Bible study lesson or someone to play that instrument or sing in the choir or fold a bulletin or mail a postscript. Whatever it is, Lord, every single person has been such a blessing, and we thank you for them and all that they do. Lord, as we prepare ourselves to hear where you're taking us in 2013, we pray, God, that you would encourage us and challenge us and help us to see your vision for us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That was last year. So what about this year? Well, as you know, this month we've been looking at God's missionary movement. We've seen how God had a passion and desire to reach people from The time of the fall, really before that he knew the fall was going to happen, but from the fall all the way through the history of Israel and through by sending Jesus into the church today. And that plan does include the church. It includes the church universal. It includes this church. And we are expected to join the movement and to be about that. And so the challenge for us this year is simple. Let's move. Now, as we publicize that title, I thought, We might have a record attendance, people thinking we were going to relocate or something, and that was going to be the big vision. But don't worry, that's not it. We're not doing that. Because the first one is, first, we must maintain our campus. We must maintain our facilities. Uh, we uh, We have a well built facilities, but we have aging facilities. And I've probably mentioned this in every state of the church address, and we will for many more because we're making progress. Uh, this sanctuary building is now 54 years old. Our activities building is 43 years old. The Cali building is 33 years old. Even the areas that were uh, gutted and renovated in the 90s are now 15 years old. So everything's aging a bit. And for about a decade, uh, because of some decline in attendance and finances, the church neglected maintenance. So we've been playing catch-up. For the last several years. And our philosophy right now is simple. If it's broken, fix it. The only problem is you got to have money to fix it. And it takes lots and lots of money. For example, tonight we're going to bring a recommendation that we uh, retread all the staircases in the activities building. That's just one of them. You see how lovely they are. Uh, rubber that is 43 years old rots and falls apart. And they're really a hazard. And I hesitated to show that. In case somebody said, hmm, I think I'll run over there, trip, and fall and sue the church. Because it's terrible. And it's just something that's got to be done. And so we're going to be talking about that tonight. These staircases are being used weekly with upward a couple of hundred people up and down these. And we just need to get them fixed. Uh, but the price tag for that project is around $14,000. And that's just treads. That doesn't paint a wall. That doesn't fix anything. It just puts treads on the stairs. And so expenses are, are fine. Uh, repairs are expensive. We're making great progress in maintenance, but there's much more to do, and we must pay for what we've done, obviously. Um, when all the bills for the three-story roof are in, we expect we will have paid, and this is good news, 59% of the roof in cash, 
And we will finance the remainder of that. Uh, and that's only possible because you gave so we could pay off the roof uh, or pay off the old debt and then start putting some aside for the roof. And you've been giving to that as well. Uh, we want to pay off uh, the debt for that roof as soon as possible. And when we have the exact figures, we'll be publicizing those and keeping you up to date so that you can give and pay down that debt. Uh, speaking of giving, just this week, uh, the Finance Committee approved moving forward with online giving. And for some of you, especially some of our younger members, you'll love this because you never carry a checkbook and never carry cash. But uh, online giving, it will be set up to do a bank draft only right now. You can set up to do a bank draft for your giving to the church. Uh, this will also allow us to have online registration for our events if you need to register for a event and pay for something on there, you can do all of that online. And I envision today we'll be up here making an announcement and the iPads and the phones will come out and you'll be doing it right as, as we're making the announcement. And that's fine. Um, also in 2013, we will finally move forward with renovations to our youth room. Uh, we thought this was going to happen last year, but uh, this project is it's just going to cost way more than we thought. The first price came back at about $100,000 for one room, and we finally got it down uh, close to the money that we have in hand, and we're still working with the contractor to try to get it on down. Um, but this, this new youth room, uh, you see here the new entrance that will happen. The current entrance is up there. The new entrance is going to have a, a really nice graphic design over it that will emphasize our, our tenants, our first tenants of the church, focused on God, involved in ministry, respected by peers, strengthened in faith, transformed by Christ. The interior of the room will have a new ceiling, uh, new fluorescent lighting, new dimmable lighting, uh, a new uh, sound system control panel. Uh, the two adjacent rooms to the youth room will be renovated and updated and a new painting and, and a fresh new look throughout that room and it's long overdue because it hasn't had much done to it in 43 years and so this will be a, a great place for our students and when you walk into that snack bar area you will know this is the youth area um, this that will then allow the youth room to join a, a pretty long list of some large spaces in our church that have been updated with paint and other features throughout the last four and a half years that includes the fellowship hall the gym the pastor suite and both floors of the Cali building. So it's been amazing to see what God has allowed us to renovate in our church over the last few years. God has given us wonderful facilities. We must continue maintaining our campus. It's vital. It's a tool for ministry, and it must be kept uh, in good shape, especially when you have as much invested in it as we do. And God's blessed us with great facilities. We need to take care of it. But maintenance can't hamper ministry. So we do maintenance while we do ministry. And so the second part that we do as we move is to optimize our ministry to families. In 2013, we will see the launch of our first kids' tenants at First Baptist Church Pineville. We want first kids to grow into first adults who are focused on God, involved in ministry, respected by their peers, strengthened in the faith, and transformed by Christ. We also want to help parents train their children at each of seven life milestones. And I don't have time to go into all that today. We'll be talking about that in the coming months. But there's going to be a lot going forward with helping parents to be uh, the primary faith trainers in their home and the church to come alongside and do that. And so the first step in implementing uh, this first kid strategy is, in fact, to train the parents. And we have several 
big events coming up that you're going to want to be a part of. The first is on Sunday, March 10th, as part of Disciple Now, uh, Terry Iles has put together a wonderful opportunity for parents of any child, preschool through senior or grandparent that's helping raise a child. Uh, Dr. Richard Ross will be here. He's professor for the next generation at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth. And Dr. Ross, since uh, the inception of True Love Waits, has been a spokesperson for that. Uh, that movement began back when I was a teen and continues today. Dr. Ross will be here uh, to help Talk to our parents. We'll gather them all together during Sunday school hour. And then he'll be preaching in worship on March 10th. And you don't want to miss this day. And you want to share it with your friends and get them here to hear Dr. Ross. Second, beginning April 7th, I'm going to begin a new series called Synergy. And synergy exists, of course, when two systems that work together to accomplish more than they could ever do so apart. And so we're going to be talking about the synergistic relationship that exists between the home and the church. And so that move, that uh, message series will begin April 7th, leading up to the third event, which is coming on Saturday, April 20th, which will be our first Parent Summit. And the Parent Summit will become an annual event at which we will train parents and grandparents in each of the seven milestones and how to help your child achieve those milestones. We'll be talking about the first kid's tenets. We'll be talking about other issues in parenting as we go uh, in the future. Uh, Dr. Johnny Derwin will be our speaker. He's Associate Professor of Youth Ministry at Southwestern Seminary. And before joining the faculty at Southwestern several years ago, he was a youth minister at Travis Avenue Baptist Church in Fort Worth. And prior to that, a youth minister at First Baptist Church, Houston. And you will love Johnny and his exciting presentations, he's like a squirrel on Dr. Pepper. And so you will love to have him uh, presenting. Uh, you will also uh, begin to see those first kids' tenants throughout the church campus. You saw where they're going to be in the youth area, but we're also going to have them displayed in the children's area, all of the adult classrooms. And that's because it's not just the kids. We want to see first kids become first Adults and first kids will never become first adults if the first adults aren't living as first adults now so the kids can look up to us. And so we want all of us to be trying to achieve that goal. Our goal is for everyone to be able to share these five tenets just as I rattled them off. I would like every person in the church to be able to do that because this is the reason. When someone says, what does your church have for children and youth? I don't want your answer to be, Oh, we have six flags over Jesus. You should see all the stuff that we have. We've got slides and exploding lights and blah. We may have some of that one day, but that's not what it's all about. What I want you to be able to say is, you know what? Your kids are going to have a great time growing up into a first adult. We want all of our kids to be focused on God. We want them to be involved in ministry. We want them to serve We want them to be respected by their peers. They're leaders, not followers. They're strengthened in the faith. They know what they believe and they can defend it. And they're transformed by Christ because they have a personal relationship with Him. And if you want that for your kid, come to our church. If you want six flags over Jesus, find another church. I think it's important to be intentional in developing the next generation. They're going to have fun doing all this stuff. The ministries are fun. The things that kids do are fun. But the main thing has to be what is our focus? Where are we taking them? 
Another way that we will optimize our ministry to families is by implementing a, a even more secure check-in for our preschool department through a computer check-in system. Uh, that system will allow us to uh, be sure that we have all the information we need on that child and that family, uh, such as allergies and things like that, we'll be able to track attendance. Uh, we have the money in our preschool fund to, to move forward with this, and so we should have this system up and running very soon. So you can see already that in 2013, we're going to be moving. We're going to be maintaining our facilities. We're going to be optimizing our ministry to families. And then third, we're going to be vitalizing our outreach. The whole purpose of the movement of God from the beginning of the time, then through Noah, through Abraham, through the nation of Israel, through Christ, and through the church, is that people can come to know Jesus Christ. So as the church of Jesus Christ, we've been commissioned to be his witnesses in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And so we want to be about that as the people of God. And outreach is vital to see that happen. And so um, at our lap banquet on Friday evening, just for instance, Dr. Dennis Phelps shared with our leaders a message about leading like Jesus. And as we looked at how Jesus led, we saw that Jesus always led so that people could have a relationship with him. And after hearing that message and challenge from Dr. Phelps, I felt led to challenge our leaders that night to each reach one person for Christ this next year. Just one. If everybody that was at that banquet Friday night led just one person to Christ and they came to the church and were baptized, our church would baptize more people this year than we have since 1939. And all it would take is every leader reaching one. So that's how fast you can reach people and see transformation happen. It could happen and it should happen. Because that's what we're supposed to be about. So we must vitalize our outreach so it can happen. We're going to vitalize outreach first through our Sunday school. Uh, Brother Thomas and uh, Pam Tullis, our Sunday school director, will be pushing this year for every Sunday school class to be, have that outreach leader, to be active in outreach. The very best way to reach and to retain people is through the Sunday school. And so the Sunday school departments and classes are vital for the continued growth of our church. We cannot stress that enough, how important it is. We do a good job at, at inreach. We do a good job at teaching. We've got to do a great job at outreach. And so I hope that all of our, our classes will do that. The phone calls, the visits, the cards, all of that makes such a huge difference. We're also going to discover prospects through our GPS ministry. This ministry launched a few years ago. It's called Go Pray Share. It's designed to visit homes in Pineville. And, and especially uh, now, with new tweak we've got is new movers in our area. Each month I receive a printout of all the new movers in our area. Immediately the company that sends us that sends those new movers a nice uh, informational brochure about our church. We follow that up then uh, with another brochure about our church. But we want to make contact contact with those people as well. And GPS can be a great strategy for that. We need people to help in that ministry. Uh, Ed and Linda Futch do a, a fine job trying to lead it, but it's hard to get people to be a part of this ministry. And so as we vitalize outreach, we need you to be a part of this. In 2013, we must move. We must maintain our facilities. We must optimize our ministry to families. We must vitalize our outreach. We must finally envision our future. This is going to be a year of a lot of preparation and thinking. What will our church be like 
in the next 10 years? Uh, what ministries will we have? How will our facility be transformed to meet the needs of those ministries? What staff will we need in the future to accommodate those ministry needs? Um, by far the, the biggest thing of all that we'll do this year, and I'm skipping a little bit in, in my notes just because of time, is the development of a new master plan for our church. As you know, our long-range planning committee has been meeting for about a year now. They've been assessing needs in the church. They've been talking about ministries. They've been dreaming about where God could take us. And there's just been hours and hours of meetings and, and things put down on paper. And it's now time for us to move beyond the dreaming and talking and, and just committee stuff to actually putting something on paper that would be a master plan that, that our church can adopt and we can start systematically moving towards achieving. Uh, this will be a very exciting process as we hear from various ministry areas about what's needed, about what could become as we attempt to develop what our new church campus or, or our church campus could look like in 10 to 15 years. And... The ideas that have already been shared are extremely exciting. Of course, there's new playground, expanded children's department, new parking, uh, a new entrance maybe that would connect the children and preschool building with the youth building and then into the sanctuary. It would be nice to have a, a nice key entrance on this side of the building because all of our parking will be on, in that direction in the future. And just uh, a lot of things, renovations to the sanctuary, uh, a large atrium maybe at connecting the entire campus, just a lot of exciting things that could come in the years to come. But we've got to stop just talking about it and start saying, okay, well, how could it be done? Could it be done? Where would it go? And, and then estimate what it would cost. So I want to encourage you to come tonight to our church conference. Some, most of you don't come to business meeting. The vast majority of you don't come to business meeting. But I encourage you to come tonight because we're going to have our regular business meeting, but then we're going to have this presentation from the Long Range Planning Committee and then Doug Ash, who is our church architect, I guess we should call him, is going to walk through a master plan proposal from his firm, what that would involve, what it would, would entail. And so you want to be here to, to talk about that and hear about it. This is a big deal and you need to be here because we're starting a course for charting forward for a decade or more ahead of time. We must move. We've got to keep moving. If you're not moving forward, you're falling behind and you're dying. And so we've got to keep moving forward, maintaining our campus, optimizing our ministry to families, vitalizing our outreach and envisioning our future. There's a lot of exciting stuff to come in 2013, but none of it will happen Unless we join the movement that God began thousands of years ago. And so, as I've shared every week this month, there's really three steps to joining that movement. The first step is making sure that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's where it begins. Knowing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, admitting your sins, confessing them to God, receiving his gift of salvation, and joining the movement with him. A movement that has touched you, so now you can bring it others. That's the first step. The second step then is to become a part of a local church. I believe God wants us to be a part of the local church. God has empowered the church to be a force for mission work in the local community and around the world. And so you need to be a part of a local church. And so I encourage you to do that. If you hadn't heard enough about what the church is about today, I'll talk to you more. But you've heard a lot. And so I'd encourage you to come be a part of our church and see what God can do through us all in the coming years. And then the third thing that we've been talking to you about the last several weeks, but we've just been saying, just pray about it. Just think about it. 
is the long list of mission opportunities. They've been in the bulletin every week. It's been in postscripts. You've heard about them from the pulpit. All kinds of different mission opportunities that you could be a part of in this next year. And what we're asking you to do today is on the back of that blue card that's stuck in your bulletin, there's a spot where it says mission projects. During the year of 2013, we're challenging our members to participate in hands-on ministry projects. Please sign up to participate. And then it says project name or number. We made it real easy. Every project is numbered. All you have to do is write down number 10, number 15, number 5. And we'll know what you're signing up to do. Put your name, your phone number, and email. And as those events get closer, if there's something that's being coordinated about it, you'll get information about it. And, and you'll, we'll know that you are interested in that. And so I want you to take a moment to do that, to think about where you can plug in as we make greater impact in our community. See, the thing about our church, or a church this size, is we don't just need to make impact on one day or even through just some ongoing ministries. We need to, to make serious spiritual impact in our community. There should be life transformation taking place all around us. When you put this many people out into the streets of a city, there should be change happening. And so I encourage us to do that. As we move forward as a church, you move out in ministry and and serving God and seeing transformation take place. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer and then we're going to sing a hymn of invitation that just declares to the Lord that the greatest thing that we could ever do for Him is to know Him. And as we do that, I'd ask that you would make that note in the blue card and and assess what it is that you'll be doing this year. And then when Brother Thomas gives some instructions later, he'll tell you what to do with those blue cards after the time of invitation. Let's stand and have a word of prayer as we prepare to serve the Lord. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many, many things you've done in our church. Sometimes it's overwhelming to look back. It's even more overwhelming to look forward. But God, we know that you are the God who says that you can do exceedingly beyond what we could ask or imagine. And sometimes it's in looking back that we're reminded that you can do that. We're reminded that when we're in the midst of the trenches and we're struggling with that that event or that project, we don't think we'll make it through. But when we look back, we see that you're the God of the impossible. And so, Lord, as we look back, we also look forward and we pray that you remind us to trust you and have faith in you for all that you want to do in and through this church in the years to come. I pray, God, for those today who need to make decisions to trust you as their Lord and Savior, others who need to come to be a part of this church and follow your call on their lives to plug in here. I pray, God, that you'll help them to step forward. And, Lord, I pray for all of us as we prayerfully consider the ministry projects we should be a part of this year. I pray, God, that you will move us, not to do them all, but to do those that really speak to our heart, those that we're really called to do. We ask that you'll speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.